Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bowl, Director of Public Affairs. Today I'm joined by Spencer Tuma. We are going to be talking about the situation with trade, as we usually do, but there have been several updates over the past few days. So, Spencer, appreciate you joining us. Um, what is the latest with especially this trade aid package that we've been seeing uh, kicked around in Congress? Well, you're right. There have been a lot of announcements since we last spoke. So, um, a lot of announcements. Let's try to take them one by one. Um, so, let's start with the trade aid package that was announced uh, just last week, I believe. So, uh, many producers and some of our listeners are familiar with the Market Facilitation Program, which was announced last year. And that program provided payments to producers based on um, commodity-specific rates that were put into a formula that was determined the amount of loss that commodity had suffered due to the tariffs. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was basically like if you plant an acre of soybeans, you got this much, uh, or if you um, got so many bushels of soybeans that you harvested, then you would get this much per bushel. Right. So, for example, like soybeans, the payment was like a dollar sixty-five a bushel. For corn, it was a penny a bushel. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, payment rates for pork and dairy, a lot of different commodities, cotton as well. Um, so that program was put forward by the administration due to all of the uncertainty surrounding international trade, mostly with China, but also due to uncertainty with Canada and Mexico. Because we have seen um, additional tariffs being put on specifically with China, the administration announced that they will be implementing a second round of that program, which everybody's kind of calling Market Facilitation Program 2.0 or MFP2, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, But that program is going to be structured a little bit differently than the first round. So. USDA announced, and um, I will go ahead and preface this by saying I do not know more than what USDA has announced. (laughs) They have been very quiet about the whole thing. So the way we understand how it's going to work is the program encourages producers to go ahead and plant a covered commodity for 2019. The payment to producers will be based on the number of acres that producer plants of a covered commodity in 2019 times a county average rate, which will be calculated using the um, amount of historical production for that specific county over the past several years. So for example, um, let's use Holt County. Holt County's been in the news because they've had a lot of flooding mm-hmm, lately. Right. So let's say in Holt County, historically, um, they, use, they do 50% corn, 50% soybeans. Mm-hmm. So the rate per acre will be the average of those two numbers combined. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So then they take that and compare it to the amount of, of the commodities that you actually did plant this year and determine a payment based on that? It's the number of acres you plant of a covered commodity. So it's not commodity specific. So mm-hmm. for example, um, if your county is historically 50% corn, 50% soybeans, and you plant all soybeans, you're going to get the same payment. Uh-huh. So gotcha. um, it basically it is designed to not skew planting decisions towards one commodity or the other for this growing season. We are right in the middle of planting, um, getting what would normally be towards the end of the planting season for corn, although one could argue that uh, we're more like smack in the middle of it currently, given the weather we've had, um, and kind of at the very beginning of soybean planting in Missouri. So um, the idea is, USDA says, not to skew those planting decisions. Right. And we will get some more information in the few in the coming few days about how exactly those numbers are going to be determined, right? Yeah, that's kind of the big question hanging out. So now we know 
theoretically how the payments are going to be calculated, although I think arguably there's still some questions about how it's really going to be, how that formula is really going to look. Um, But we have no idea what the rates are going to be. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the big question right now. Well, on the flip side of this thing, the entire reason that we're getting into uh, a trade aid payment uh, largely is because of the situation with China. Mm -hmm. Um, Any news on that front of where uh, where the trade negotiations, discussions are going with the Chinese? You know, we had additional tariffs put on a couple of weeks ago, and and according to reports, that's because the negotiations have broken down with um, the Chinese. Um, I did see, I know you had sent over um, an article that reported that the Chinese have completely stopped buying all U.S. grain. I think that was reported mm-hmm. by Bloomberg. Is yeah, that what I believe you that's said? right. Yeah. So, um, I I haven't seen that report, to be honest with you. I, I would be interested to know what the source of that was. That's certainly a very bad thing, mm-hmm. if it's true. Um, but I think it does underscore the importance of reaching a successful negotiation with China very quickly. Because e- if it is true, of course, that is very bad news. If it, Even if it's not true, the thought of it is very, very scary for the ag industry. Right. Well, let's just hope that that's, you know, the... Uh, it's the darkest just before dawn that they're um, getting towards the end of their discussions, negotiations, and everyone's trying to get that last bit. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that maybe that's why everybody's strengthening their own position right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, I don't want to lead anybody to believe that's right or wrong because I don't know. Um, but it would also not be the first time media reports have not been correct. <laughs> that's true. So and it was just, a pretty vague report. Let's you know? just be let's just be fair about it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so the last item we'll touch on this week on a in a quick episode is. The um, disaster uh, aid package, mm-hmm. the, the disaster disaster. The disaster disaster uh, aid that package. That has unfortunately been dragging out for a long time. There was This is a an aid package that Congress has been debating, mm-hmm. trying to get something passed that would provide aid to a number of um, people who have suffered from a number of natural disasters, including flooding in the Midwest. Right. Um, so where are we with that? So we were very fortunate. The Senate did pass a version of the disaster aid package um, just to kind of back up. So the House passed a disaster aid package, uh, but the Senate made some changes to it. So because the Senate made changes, now the House has to re-vote on that package. So the Senate passed it um, last week, and then uh, it was supposed to go to a vote in the House. Unfortunately, when it came time on Friday morning to vote in the House, uh, they were going to pass it by voice vote in the House, basically, which it's unanimous consent, which mm-hmm. is a parliamentary procedure rule, but basically says that nobody objects to voting on the bill. Unfortunately, one member did object to passage of the disaster aid bill, so now it's on delay. Uh, we anticipate that the House will take up and hopefully pass the disaster bill next week. Very good. One other item before we go is that um, I did just see some breaking news within the past few minutes that the Trump administration is um, has sent the NAFTA draft language to Congress. That isn't the final one that actually starts the clock ticking, but it kind of gives puts them on notice that that could be happening. Mm-hmm. So that is something that uh, Speaker Pelosi has been very open about wanting to drag out uh-huh. um, and make it uh, not come up until later this fall, if at all. Um, that that really could change the um, the markets quite a bit if we could get this going. For sure. Absolutely. And it is encouraging to see that the Trump administration has shared the draft language. Um 
I think that the reason the implementing bill, that that's the technical word for it, has not been sent to Congress is because that does start a legislative clock, basically. So the House and Senate basically have to pass that agreement before a certain time or the, the agreement goes away. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it is probably a good move on the administration's part to wait until Speaker Pelosi shows her hand a little Mm -hmm. bit more, if you will. Um, That way they for sure can get some action on that before the deadline. Yeah. And that's the thing is as soon as you start a clock ticking, it seems like it's going to put pressure on the other guy, but oftentimes it just puts pressure on you because then they know all they have to do is wait you out. Yeah. Run you out. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see how this plays out. But it looks like the Trump administration is trying to at least put some more pressure forward on getting that NAFTA uh, renegotiation pact done. And especially since we saw those steel and aluminum tariffs lifted with Canada and Mexico, clearly things are moving forward with USMCA. Um, Now it's just a matter of working out those really last few details. Um, I do think there is some political will to get this done. uh, But the closer we get to the fall, the less likely it becomes because we are entering the thick of the 2020 presidential election. That's for sure. The uh, first Democratic debates for the primary are coming up in just a few weeks. I think so, yep. It's it's just stunning how quickly that's going around. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, and um, we'll we'll keep an eye on all these things and circle back when we hear more. Um, Thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. We will keep you updated as we find out more about these issues. Talk to you next time.